on delay, but here. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm Liz. I'm Naomi. And we're the Ryan Galloway Girls. And unexpectedly recording in like a thunderstorm. It's yeah. so weird. Morning thunderstorms are very, very weird. Yeah. But we, we're back. Yeah, we are back. So this is either going to be published a week later or... We're going to get another episode done, and this will be a bonus episode. So, we, episode 33 now? 33, crazy. which is really exciting. Um, we did our three-week hiatus that was kind of unplanned, but kind of nice um, with everything that was going on, but we're back and we're still on track to get a full 52 episodes in, yes. in a year, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. We're, we, we could do it. We can totally do it. <laughs> yeah, so this episode is going to be some of your questions and things that you guys have asked us, which is really, really, oh, and I didn't record the video, <laughs> which is really, really <laughs> exciting. So this episode will be questions that you guys have given us. So one of the first ones that we thought that we should address, and it's more of a question we have. Why are you running if it's bad air quality? (laughs) What a question that even I had before I knew that the wildfire air, the smoke air, is very different than like ozone air quality. Yeah, and other orange air quality. So in years past, I used to lifeguard and orange days were my favorite because it was like extra hot and extra soupy and I would just be out there and be so (laughs) hot and it was great. But it wasn't, it wasn't this PM 2.5 that we were getting. We were getting, I mean, I assume it was all ozone. Yeah. Okay. So it was bad air quality from ozone, which is from the ground, which is a little different. And sure. Yes. It's bad. It can trigger lung disease in some people, but I have asthma. Never bothered me to be outside on code orange days. Yeah. On code red days, I would definitely take precautions with my asthma I, do. I still have to work at the pool I don't, in the summer. Well, I think as far as, like, running versus yeah. being outside. But, um, like, the wildfire smoke that we're experiencing mm-hmm. here on the East Coast and in the Midwest, everywhere. Like, I know a lot of our listeners are Well, and California had has, a lot of, yeah. has had a lot of wildfire in smoke in the past and uh, Washington State. I mean, one year, I can't remember if it was 18 or 19, um, CIM, there was, like, talk that they might cancel it oh, because yeah. of fires. That really bad year. So... So, but apparently this wildfire smoke that we've been getting on the East Coast is some of the worst air quality that not just the East Coast has seen, but the world has seen. Yes. And granted, that was right when it first started. We've been kind of hovering in that normal, like, this is what it's like to live in. Uh, someone told me this is what India's like. like this or is Mexico what the air City. quality is like in India yeah. all the time. Yeah, so I was being told yesterday, like Mexico City is like that all the time. But yeah, we, because we've been at like 150 or above, which still is, is bad range for, for a lot of groups. And then it's gone up to as high as 500, which is the highest that anyone has ever seen yeah. anywhere, right? And like a few weeks back. I got to tell you, if it's above like really, if it's above like 90, I start to get headaches. Yeah. Like, even yesterday, we ran, it dropped to 80s. It dropped in the 80s. It's like 87, 88. And by the, like, my heart rate was really high. I mean, there were other contributing factors. It was hot. I had not fueled well during the day. But my heart rate was really high, and it wouldn't come down. And I ha- I get headaches. That's the big thing that I mm-hmm. get. And then I was exhausted the rest of the night. Like, yeah. just absolutely white. too. But, like, yeah. I definitely, yeah, I would get a low-grade headache, even if we didn't run. 
those days it was higher than yeah. like 150. And if it's 150, I definitely can't run. If it's 100, I even can't run outside. So, so we're basically saying if it is orange or above because of this PM 2.5, this wildfire smoke, we strongly recommend that you don't go running. Like if it's 100 and above, keep your activity less strenuous and really if you can bring it inside like I of course I still have to walk Penny we still have to go outside for that like I make a judgment call on how high it is whether I take kids to the pool or not because this particulate another thing about it is you're by water you're splashing you're actually going to have clearer air by water than you are the like immediately by the water not like 20 feet away, but immediately like, like in, in, the, the if you're pool. Like in the pool. Um, so like when you're making judgment calls, what safe activity could my kids do on a code orange day for 45 minutes going swimming in a pool, like being in a pool, playing in a pool would be a better choice than say going for a walk or going for a bike ride for the same amount of time. Right. And so um, there's an article a couple weeks ago in, in Runner's World that talks about what's in the air that, you know, with this smoke air specifically. <clears throat> Again, like yeah. if it's ozone code orange, that's a different story. We're talking specifically about the smoke. Um, so there's reactive materials, dirt, wood, paint, solvents, rubber, insulation, and gases in the smoke. And then they actually, um, you know, talked about what, why, why is it so bad for you? Like, what are the health issues? A little bit, you know, I've, I kind of posted about that too. It's you know, there's stroke risk, heart attack risk. It's a lot of stuff that you're can be causing like long term damage. Um, there was something in the Washington Post talking about how, especially for young children, it is horrible, and like we should be keeping children under the age of five indoors when it's code orange or above with this particulate. Like yeah. not even, we used to do code orange. We would do 20 minutes outside, 30 minutes in mm-hmm. to like allow for some clearing. But they're saying it's so irritating that it's going to cause long-term lung problems because children are susceptible. And their lungs are so developing. Yeah. So yeah. So I know it's like, yeah, it's definitely bad for, for kids and senior citizens, people with asthma and stuff like that. But again, like when it comes to running or like, because basically you're sucking in more of the air at a time, yeah. it's bad for everybody. So it's not just because you already have a condition. So, um, so yeah, in the article, um, Jason Fitzgerald, who's, like, one of my favorite coaches, he said that, you know, most likely, like, skipping a run is not going to throw off your training. Right. If you, let's say you don't have access to a treadmill, you don't have access to something, you know, where you can cross-train indoors, um, you can do, like, a short run because the more, it, you know, he's like, use your best judgment. Yeah. If, if you have to, make sure it's short because the longer you're out there, oh, and make sure it's easy because the longer you're out there and the harder you're out there, the more of the particulates you're going to be sucking in and, and trans. And if you think, if you're really somebody who's like really stressing about their training plan and they're like, but I have this major workout that I really can't move. And if I don't do it today, I'm not going to be able to do it. Right. And you're really laser focused on that first it's probably also time to get a therapist because that's also not important. Yeah. This is just a sport. But think about it this way. This, like, running in air like that can de- could derail your plan because that irritation, once inflammation is there, you're more likely to get sick. 
you are more inflammation causes you to be more susceptible to viruses and bacteria, which means you have a higher likelihood of getting sick. And then you're not going to recover as well, which then also lowers your immune system, which then also lowers your performance. So when we're talking about like wanting to perform, skipping one to get the job done versus like trying to push through through and be a stickler for these plans. Remember, plans are a guide. And also this is supposed to be fun and everything can be adjusted. Like Mm -hmm. don't stress. Everything can be adjusted. Now, that means your goals too. That's the hardest part. When we, especially as a coach, when I talk about like let's adjust your plan, it's, you know, this these goals, like from the work that we're doing, these goals are slightly out of reach. So while we're adjusting these plans, let's adjust our expectations too. Right, because you're setting goals. They're not going to be goals that you've already um, recently hit. That's the whole yeah. point of goals is that yeah. they are out of reach. Right, and, and also like, you know, little steps along the way. I actually just had in my memories pop up. I put a post about like how fit I felt from 2019 where I... Like, it was like a post about a memory where I, there was a long time where I couldn't run a half marathon under an hour 50, right? I was like right around there, but I hadn't run under an hour 50. And then I got to this point where I was splitting well below an hour 50 in the marathon. And it was (laughs) like, wow, like how things change with just a little bit of persistence and time and patience. Yeah. Like, and that's really all it takes. It's not about doing the hard work one day. It's about doing work over years. A lot of days for like it's it's almost about doing like not the hard work, but just the long work and yeah. just continuing to show up and taking t- and rest is part of showing up too. So, yeah. I mean, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about our like next build cycle. So, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be good. I think the I think can't listen to your Garmin watches. <laughs> you can't listen to those race predictors when you're in a down cycle. I still think like okay. So, yesterday we were running we were talking about how my HR or my VO2 max had dropped and then come back and then dropped and come back and my race predictors. And I think we talked about race predictors on the podcast last, last time. time. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking about it. Right. And you're like, oh, I can't believe my watch thinks I'm so slow and I'm about to go into marathon build. Like I'm starting over. And I'm like, no, like this watch doesn't know anything. I still. And maybe it was my watch that gave me this confidence. I still think going into mountains to beach, had it not been a bad air day, like a high humidity day, had it been slightly cooler, had it been slightly cooler, had we done a better job with sleeping because we did not do a good job at sleeping and fueling, like I not enough carbs that whole weekend. I know. So we stayed with Sherry and we love Sherry, but Sherry eats everything with protein. She gets plenty of carbs because she can eat gluten carbs, but all of her gluten-free food was protein instead of carbs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's fine because I'm like, I also hate cooking. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I hate preparing else, my own food. If someone else gonna like, cook, it's great. I would rather eat food that I hate that somebody else made me than make my own food. <laughs> That's just who I am, which is really bad. That's a whatever. So so I think like that was part of my whole nutrition thing. But yeah. I I still think we could have been under four hours. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I because all right, so yesterday we were running, and this is again yesterday we we're running. My heart rate's super high. It's like ninety degrees. It's ninety <laughs> it's degrees. My, I'm hanging out at one eighty three. Four thirty in the afternoon. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm just hanging out up here. It's not really coming down. It's not really going up. I was okay, but I was like feeling fatigue in my muscles, and I was like. There's no reason for me to feel this. So we did like kind of slow down and slow down 20 seconds per mile. It wasn't even that much of a, (laughs) anyway, but we did cut the run a little short at 45 minutes. But I, I was thinking like, this doesn't even feel like that. This is what we finished Mountain's Beach in. Mm -hmm. And I could have pushed harder then. Like that was what I was, sorry, burped on the podcast. It's it's gotta be there. It's gotta happen. (laughs) I did actually work on the last podcast that you were talking. It was great. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I was like, yeah, this like Marine Corps, I mean, 401. I'm gonna throw that out there at Marine Corps, if not faster. And there's a chance I might be, which is a little sad, there's a chance I might be running Marine Corps. Um, we don't know kind of what our next steps are. It might involve like some time of suppression or like a ma- more major surgery. So there's a chance I get to run Marine Corps, which would be great, which is crazy. I'm saying the words major surgery and run a marathon in the same sentence, yeah. but <laughs> you know, but taking it all in stride. Yeah. And just, you know, and like, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. It'll so. be interesting. Cause speaking of, yeah, our buildup. Because I was reading, you know, about the post, I'm getting my PRP injection. Yeah. And two days. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to run this afternoon and tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Let's just stack it probably. in there. So we can get those miles before I have to t- take off my time. So I was like reading out, you know, the post, the post-op or whatever. And like, it could be, it could be that I'm just out for two or three weeks, but it could be four, it could be six. That's fine. So apparently the improvement will happen in that six-week range. Okay. And so six to eight weeks is where, you know, by eight weeks it should be peak improvement. If if it hasn't improved by then, then they may, you know, there's like, they could do a booster injection or whatever. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's good. But I'm like, okay, so that means our build will be, which we can do, it will be September, October. Like that's that fine. will be our marathon build. I've done a great, I've done a great marathon. I mean, I marathon. am so proud even though I like talk about it, I'm so proud of my Boston marathon with Marcy because I ran with Marcy the whole time. And I, sure, I had some issues towards the end of the marathon, like who doesn't, who actually didn't build up for it. Um, I had this weird like pelvic pain and I was like crying because I kept seeing pregnant women. Um, but I ran a 430 and I probably, I mean, honestly, by myself could have run a 415. Right. So I... And I would say that at this point, we're both in better shape than I was in leading into that because I had not been running like with the whole trying to get pregnant thing. I had already tapered my running back in like, because I was like trying, I was thinking about trying to have a baby by myself before I met Brian. So I ran Boston, April of 2022. Brian and I had been together since July, but I had already like doctors had always said like, just gain weight and it'll improve your fertility numbers. It didn't. 
Yeah. So, yeah, so all through 21, you're like, you are on a pretty low schedule yeah. because we didn't even train together when I did my virtual. Right. In 21, I, I was, you know, my You guys Marine did Corps. a virtual Marine Corps and I did a half marathon. And I remember yes. like breaking off because I was like a mile behind or something and had to do a mile. And I was, I ran one mile like at 745 and I was like, this is crazy. I've not run this fast in years. It yeah. felt like. So I was just kind of getting back. I had put weight on because that's what the doctors told me to do. Now on that note, like sometimes you do have to put weight on when you're a runner. If you're not getting a period, if your cycles are irregular, if your cycles are regular and regular means they come every month or within 22 to 32 days. So it could you can have like a 25 day and then a 30 and then a 21 and that's still regular. or 22 yeah. and then a 30. That's still regular. Now, if they're not more evenly spaced, that can be a sign that some months your body is ovulating and some it's not, right? It's kind of like so that can be kind of the borderline thing, and that's kind of where I was, is my cycles varied in length based on my training. And so when I shared that with my doctor, they're like, well, let's see what happens when you lower your volume. Well, they went to perfectly regular, which, okay, great, but then we still didn't get pregnant. Right. That wasn't the, the whole cause of the issue. But there, yes, I agree. The, and we'll have to, we've talked about eating before, and we'll have and to go back to that. And like The biggest thing with runners, if you are running at all, you need to get out of your brain that you cannot tolerate carbs. If you are running at all and you think, I just can't eat carbs or I need to, or, oh, this cauliflower rice is just as good as regular rice, <laughs> or I'm going to have my sandwich on one piece of bread or things like that, you need to stop and you need to you need to shove that other piece of bread in your face <laughs> because you need carbs. Runners need to be eating like 80% carbohydrate and then all the protein in the world. And then you're like, why is my daily recommended amount like 5,000 calories? Because that's what it is. I'm stopping. Because you're burning that much. Like, but yeah. Um, the minimum, I'm so I'm taking a fertility nutrition course that's talking about slow carb and how that could be better for promoting fertility. So I'm like trying to eat more beans. And they recommend a minimum amount for women of 60 or 54 grams of protein. And here as runners, we're recommending closer to 100, yeah. about close to a pound per body. I mean, I would say 0.8 of a gram per pound of body weight, about, is what we're kind of recommending right. for protein intake. And then if you're also talking about a good amount of fat, like because fat makes things taste delicious and helps you absorb vitamins, and then a lot of carbs, we are talking about like just eat everything that you want all the time. Yeah. And just, you have to, that's the hardest thing is for most people is to break those mindsets of mm -hmm. like what we, you know, culturally were trained. In, and if you especially look back at like the nineties and the early two thousands and how, you know, how thin was so, was so important and so personified. Yeah. like, and so I'm reading Kara Goucher's book and she talks about her time with eating yeah. disorders and how, when she met her, how she met Adam and she, he was eating all the time so much, and, like, there was one pain point where it was, like, the turning point for her where he forces her to eat a Dorito. Aww. And it's this beautiful little story, and, like, that turned things around for her. And she looked at him and realized, like, oh, my God, he's eating anything he wants, and he's running the – he's the best in the world. And yeah. he – it's not because he's restricting. And she had restricted so far to where she was – 
ridiculously so, underweight. It's scary. So sweet. So popped up again in my memories a photo of us jumping together. We yeah, were both that one we looked, up in my memories too. We looked so right? lean. Yeah, I know. We looked so lean. Yes, and. All I could say was, man, we actually looked really good too. We we looked strong. Yes. We were running well. Right. Like we looked happy. And I, I showed it to Brian and I was like, look how good I looked there. He's like, you look skinnier, but you don't look better. And I was yes. like, love you. Yes. Love you so much. He's I, like, he's yeah. like, you look beautiful right now. And yes. so it's, you know, it's all that acceptance and look at yourself the way that your partner looks at you. Look at yourself the way that your best running friend looks at you because we look at each other like, wow, they're, I love how strong and beautiful and amazing you are. We don't pick apart the roles that we see on ourselves. Our best running friends just go, you're beautiful. Like, you're amazing. I I love this part of you. And, you know, like things, like, let's look at the things that we love versus yes. the things that we don't. Because, you know, yeah, because it's better. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, four years ago, yes, like, we had flatter stomachs, right? Yeah. But I had no ass. I don't know about you. But, like, my ass is so big now. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I like am loving like this, you know, this that I have an ass now, like that I have a butt now, and like, and I think our partners love it, and so yes, there are things that are better now than they were, even if we can pick apart things that we look at and say, well, that looks better then. And there's no such thing as spot training, so there's no way to to reduce one area, (laughs) one area of fat. Like your body's going to store fat where it's going to store fat. The only way to reduce it is through medical interventions, which. I am not against. Let me tell you. Let's talk. Let's just put it out there. My mom is going to get mad at me, but who cares? I've done (laughs) Botox. I've done lip filler. I've done a little bit of cheek filler. I like to keep it natural. It's not for anybody else. It's just for me. Um, And... I would not be against doing something like cool sculpting. It's just so expensive. I cannot afford it. You know, I would not be against staying exactly the size I am and like pushing my fat cells, like making my fat cells on my belly kind of go away. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to spend the money. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to spend the money to do it. No. But if it, if I had all the money in the world, I might be someone who would be running to do that right now. <laughs> Instead, because I, I do want to eat all the things that I want to eat. And I do, yeah. you know, it's one of those little enhancements, but it can go too far real fast. If you yes. look at pictures of me in October when I got my lips filled, <laughs> I looked like Jennifer Coolidge. Like it's too much. It was a little hilarious. <laughs> but they but they look great now, like six months later. <laughs> Settle so. down. Yes, yeah. speaking of spot tra- training, that's so funny. Because, like, there was this one time I went to a gym. I might have told the story already. But I went to my I to a gym with so. my friend because yeah. she was like, oh, come check out my gym. Because, you know, they want to s- sell new memberships. And she, was ta- she like, introduced me to her trainer. And her trainer was like, yeah, you look really good. You're really strong, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he's like, do you have any problem areas you're worried about? And I said, yeah, what about this area? Like, these, like, armpits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, girl, that's breast tissue. You can't. Yeah. Like, you you're not going to get rid of that. Like, he was, like, laughing in my face there's, because he thought, like, no, it's breast tissue. Why would you even? I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, and then there's this, so there's this one episode of this show, I'm Sorry, with Andrea Savage, <laughs> and it's the funniest, funniest show if you've never so seen good. it. So um, good. And two seasons. It's she, so funny. She gets her arm tits removed. She yeah. <laughs> she goes in, and she has an arm tit reduction. Yeah. So I told um, my mammographer, is that the word? Yeah. 
my mammogram technician about um, that expression, armpits, and she was dying laughing. Right. She loved well, it. She's like, I'm using that. And that's something, as I've gained weight, mm. I gained armpits. Like, I that's, never had armpits before. It's breast tissue. So if you gain boob <laughs> tissue. I did gain you, boobs, though, So, too. you know, again, like, having boobs and a butt, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, Embrace okay, that. so teeny tiny little thing, <laughs> little side. We're going to do a tiny little promo because I just talked about how much I love Botox. Did you open the ceramide water cream? Yes. Um, yes. Okay, I so started using it like two nights ago. Beauty Counter it. Beauty Counter launched the ceramide water cream that we both, I pre-ordered for both of us and I didn't know if Naomi had, or, had opened it yet, but it just launched and it is freaking amazing. It plumps your skin to where you don't like you move you don't have lines when you move like your expression but you are still have expressions because Naomi hated Botox because she likes to be more expressionful <laughs> uh, she needs like baby just yeah. baby uh, like and not, I really didn't not need it like I don't right. really have I know. that many lines <laughs> I sleep furrowed so I would wake up with these like strong lines on my yeah. face before I started doing it anyway but the ceramide water cream uh, beautycounter.com slash run Galloway girls. It is really incredible. And when we're talking about protecting your skin against like all the harmful stuff in the air, um, pair that with the vitamin C serum. You're talking about a, like a killer combo to nourish your skin and keep it amazing. Um, it is really incredible. Actually, if you are like, okay, girls, I trust you, but I don't trust you that much. Put your money where your mouth is. Message me and we'll hook we'll you, you up. Get some samples, yeah. Well, no, I'm not even going to do that because that <laughs> requires me having to order samples and ship it out. I am just <laughs> going to let you buy at a little discount right up the, right off the bat, even though Beauty Counter just ended their discount on it. I will take I will like essentially give you my profit on it so that you can try it because yeah. it's that amazing. And I know that once you try it, you'll be like, okay, sold customer for life. It's so good. Um, yeah. But also know that if you buy from us, you do help support my IVF journey. You help support the podcast if you don't want the discount. But anyway, it's amazing. You should try it. It's yeah. really, really good. I like come home every day and like want to put more on because <laughs> it just feels so good. It does. Yeah. So. I start using it at night, like when I go to bed. So I'm putting the water ceremony at night. Yeah. And then in the morning, I use my vitamin C serum, and I feel like I look Put the water so cream on top young. of the vitamin C in the morning, oh, okay. and it's like... I'll try it. Yeah. I've been doing, like, the peel at night, the vitamin C serum in the morning, the and then there's, an, there's a mask. I'll have to get... I'll hook you up with... Because uh, I think I have an extra one from Christmas. Anyway, there's lots of great products, and um, we, we should do... We really need to do a skincare hangout, like, yeah. or a stuff... Even like a stuff hangout because I think it it will be better if we show because one of yes. our other questions was what gear do you guys like? So yes. we're going to like move on from skincare. <laughs> what gear do we like? All right. So Garmin watches. We are the League of Garmin. We don't get, we don't know if we get anything from that <laughs> yet, but, but we we were diehard Garmin fans yes. before we joined the league. So we joined because we love Garmin. I was an Apple Watch girl before, yet I still ran with a Garmin. I had the Vivo Active, like the very first Vivo Active, and I loved it. I thought it was an incredible watch. It was way. I mean, I had an old Apple Watch, so it would die. Um, GPS was amazing on it. 
I mean, Garmin is just the leader when it comes to GPS. Yeah. So we have the Phoenix 6S. And we started, Sapphire. like I started with a forerunner. Like we right. started with lower models. Right. And, and then we got the Phoenix 5 together. Yes. And then we've gone through and we got the Phoenix 6S uh, Sapphire. They currently have the 6S still, and it's pretty reduced price. The 7S is also available, and Which, it comes in a solar model. Sol- yeah. Solar is um, included now with the higher-end models. And the newest model will launch sometime before February. We don't know when, and I'm getting that data from, like, DC Rainmaker or from some mm-hmm. review blog, not from Garmin. So could nobody come at me from Garmin, please. <laughs> um, but, but based on their cycles, we should probably see a new iteration of the Phoenix coming out. Now, the Forerunner 9 whatever series, I don't know which one they're on yet, but the 9 has the same guts as the Phoenix. What you're going to get with the Phoenix is kind of the prettier packaging. It's the Phoenix is kind of the top end line, top end watch. It's going to be pretty enough to wear all the time, but sporty enough to be a freaking badass, right? Any Forerunner is amazing. The 7 Series is kind of like, it gets you almost all the things. Um, And all the things are, it tracks running, it tracks swimming, it tracks multi-sport. Whereas some of the lowest models are going to track running and track other. And then you can change them in the Garmin app as to what you're doing. Yeah, I think one of the big differences with Phoenix was, well, obviously a big difference was the aesthetics. And I started wearing, instead of my Forerunner, which I used for running, I wore my Phoenix all the time and wore it to work and right. was dressed enough to work, you know, I work in a professional environment. Oh, I mean, if and you then, were on video, which we don't post, so I don't know why. <laughs> that watch hand. That. My watch hand is incredible because I literally live it on, oh, uh, live in it. I can't wait for the day that I get to plug my Phoenix into my blood. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm so serious yeah. because eventually we are going to get blood metrics from Yeah, that would be so cool. Um, but so the other one, one of the big differences was that it had things like, yeah, like try, which I right. never used. But it, that way you could actually record it all as one activity mm-hmm. if you're doing a try and it has the transitions and then the other activities. But in, so then, really the Forerunner is awesome and like, but I don't think the, the price difference is that much anymore. And the Vivo, you know, the Vivo series the is Vivo's also awesome pretty too, great. Which so, I bought for my mom. So if you're she, a recreational yeah. runner and you want to, and the Vivo series really gives you something beautiful to wear all the time yes. as well. And it gives you enough to be able to track walks and track track activities. Oh, yeah. Run, so, bike. Like, my mom's using it for all of her activities. Yeah. So I would say that if you are a runner looking for a running watch that you're only going to put on when you run, you should be looking at the Forerunner series, and you don't need to go up into the 7s and 9s. They have a 40, a, I think it's a 45, a 245. I, it goes like 279, mm-hmm. something like that. So you can look at kind of those lower end. And forerunner models, and they will treat you just right. If you are a kind of active overall person, you want to track your steps, you want something pretty, but you're not necessarily into all the metrics. You don't need to know what your heat acclimation is. You don't need to know what your, I think it actually does HRV or it will, but then the Vivo series is for you, the Vivo Active kind of series. The Vivo is a great place to start. It's under $400 or it launches right around $400. If you are like, nope, I am a gear junkie. It doesn't matter how much I move. I want all the data. I want the best. Go ahead and start with the Phoenix. Um, Jump up there. It's a great watch. I yeah. highly recommend it. Um, it's so it's so beautiful, and it's. 
I don't know. It's just cool to get all the data. So those yeah. are those are kind of our recommendations from Garmin. There are other brands out there that make amazing watches. Yes. We are we. just Garmin fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, actually, another recommendation, if you're interested more in health data than you are and texting from your watch would be mm-hmm. important, the Apple Watch is a great option, too. Their battery life has really changed a lot. Um, I mean, I used to not be able to get more than three hours in a run with the Apple Watch, even fully charged. But it's changed a lot. It's got a lot of great features. Um, so that's great if you're more. And they have a lot of the good health but data. The one thing the Apple Watch does that the Aura Ring does that the Aura Ring does for me temperature. is temperature sensing. Yeah, which I think will be coming with Garmin. I yeah. really do. But the Apple, you know, the GPS, it's not quite it's, there. It's not. And active. you'll see. Do you know why? You know, do you know they, the story? They bought Tom Tom Tom. Yeah. So the story of like Apple and Nike and Tom. I was telling Brian the story. He's like, "How do you know the story?" I was like, "Because I was a Nike wearable person." Yeah. Like way back in the day, I had that Nike shoe pod thing. I didn't even run in Nike shoes, but I bought the yeah. shoe pod thing and I would tie it to my to my shoes. And this was when I was like not really running. I was like running a mile or whatever. Like. So I was like Nike shoe pod, iPod, like then I had that <laughs> Nike fuel band. Do you guys do no, you remember that? Oh, it was like this black like band that you wore to like it was a game essentially in your app, but it was like oh. yeah, it was really oh, cute funny. and you earned fuel points. And it was really it was really fun. And speaking of games, the Garmin app has the coolest Badges, the badges and are we so love fun. it. Yeah. So, but somebody brought up in the Garmin um in the Garmin group, he's like, I hate that I have to sign up for badges. In Apple Watch, you're just automatically enrolled, and when you get them, you get yeah. them. But I actually think it's kind of fun to sign up, but I wish that there was a reminder, yeah. hey, there's a new, new badge available, new badge available. And I I just sign up for all of them, and then there's a whole bunch that I don't get. Like, this right. month, I probably am not going to get the cycling badges. Oh, no, I'm not going to get the cycling one this month. And, like, yeah, I think, th- I, I know, I tell my husband, because he doesn't... He doesn't like go and look and do these badges. I'm like, you would get all the cycling ones. You would get yeah. This and we should sign yeah. Lila up because I bet Lila would be more excited to, to like chase yeah. the badges. Yeah, it's just that she doesn't have a. She does have a phone that's connected to it, but she doesn't use it because it's not you know working. Yeah, phone. she just needs to. So. She just needs to like update it though once a month, once a day. Right, right. Just just, just turn it on. It, turn it on day. once a day and sync it. Yeah, and just check her stats. Exactly. Maybe maybe if I challenge her, she'll do it. Yeah, we'll have to start. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of, oh my gosh, actually my Garmin app kind of like glitched last night. I had done 19,000 steps and it was showing that I had only walked 2,000 steps. And oh, I was no. like, I should be the top of the leaderboard. What's going on? They take a delay sometimes, I feel like, yeah. to update the steps. No, but it was but... even on my like front page. Yeah. Like it wasn't syncing oh, no. and I was like freaking out. I like restarted like, the start, app. I restarted off, my phone. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> So, all right, so we love Garmin, but we also love Timex. So we're interval runners through and through. You got to have something that beeps. You have a couple of options here for your beeping gear. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of phone apps. Might drain your battery, though battery life's pretty good nowadays. Phone apps are a great idea. We love the Timex Ironman Sleek watch. It used to be like $40. It's now like $90, but it is worth it, and you can replace the batteries on them. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely get one. Uh, It's great. It's got a repeating interval timer, and then it also has a regular timer on it. So you set your regular timer for 20 minutes. That one is not going to stop beeping until you push a button. So that's your fuel timer. 
And then you set your interval timer for whatever your run-walk intervals are. Um, very, very great watch. Nice and sleek. That's the pink thing you'll see either on my left wrist or Naomi's left wrist. I like a lime green one. She has lime green. So we highly recommend Timex Ironman Sleek. You can order it through Amazon, through our website to support us if you'd like, or order it any way you want. Um, Another option would be the Gym Boss. We mm-hmm. recommend going directly to Jeff Galloway's site to get the the green and blue Jeff Galloway Gym Boss. Uh, that's jeffgalloway.com. But the Gym Boss is an interval timer. You can clip it on your bra strap. They make, uh, you can clip it on your belts. You can kind of put it wherever you want. And it is a great interval timer as well. I find it a little more difficult to change intervals on it when I'm running, but that's just because I don't use it frequently. So maybe right, that, you know where the buttons it's are. more user error than anything. It's still easier and we feel like better than, than when you use it, use your Garmin watch for the intervals because for one thing, it, it drains your Garmin battery. The other thing is you don't have as many interval options. options. So in Garmin, you only have 15-second interval options, so you're stuck with 15s, 30s, things like that, whereas we have found 20s, 25s, 18s, whatever. Like, it's nice to be able to have any interval option that you want. Yeah, like 80-20 or like random. Yeah, And that's what's really nice about both the Timex and the Gym Boss. There's, like I said, also, there's also Jeff Galloway's app. Mm -hmm. Again, phone batteries, even running apps like these all the time, they're going to last you a six or seven hour race. Um, If you are going to be in that six or seven hour zone, I would suggest always bringing a backup battery for your phone anyway, even if you're in a well-supported marathon. Um, the added weight is worth it (laughs) for the safety of being able to find people at the end. Especially if you're like in a world major or if you're in one that has like a long wait time where you get in the corral early and you're sitting there Yeah, plus you want to be able to like play with your phone and stuff. Yes. (laughs) And then find your family after. All right. Next up, water. Water is so important and hydration. And what do you carry? How do you carry all your stuff for long runs? We are Nathan Hydration Pack people. Um, lots of companies make hydration packs. Uh, I pulled up the Nathan site. I have the old version of the Vapor Eris. Yeah. You ha- must have had the old version of this trail trail mix. No. But the old someone- one I had was, yeah, I'd have to go look up the name of what my old one was. But then I also have the Eris, which I like a lot better for right. the way it fits on my shoulder, like on my back and shoulders. It doesn't give me a, a backache or a shoulder ache. Yeah. So the vests we kind of recommend over the packs, but really Nathan is just like Nathan's the the top of the line, and they're the light. They're the lightest. They're yeah. really. I mean, I've tried. Um, Sherry has tried them all. Yeah, my, oh, that was a fun yeah. little test. Where Aaron yep. has one that was not. It was not like a running specific. one. I think it was. Yeah, more like it was maybe just a hiking, hiking one. And we were at Sherry's, and she tried out Sherry's running ones and was like, oh, my God, these are so much better. And so when you're looking at the price difference of, say, $60 versus $160, you are going to get more enjoyment out of the higher price one. The fabrics are going to be a little bit better for running, so they're not going to destroy your running-specific tops. Hopefully not going to chase. They're going to fit a little bit better. They're going to feel better as you wear them versus, like, 
even I had an old Nathan kind of more backpacky one that chafed me, whereas the Eris, the vest style, yeah. never did. Same. So. And then to that end, like, you'll see, though, most of the time we're carrying a handheld water bottle. Yeah. We're carrying uh, polar insulated bottles. Yeah. And I actually am considering going back to a waste pack when we do longer runs to a waste pack that has large bottles in it again. I did that for, I used uh, Fitletic, which we have the Fitletic belts for our phones. We love that company. They have um, little waste packs that have small bottles in them. That And I used that for a while, but I also used to have have just one kind of fanny pack with one big bottle in the back and it was great and so that's something I'm considering doing we also plan our routes to have water stops water stops on, on where them. we can fill up so like if that's what I was going to say is that like if you can if you so some people probably would hate the idea of carrying a bottle and I at first I was resistant to it until I got used to it and I I do prefer it to wearing a pack and so yeah um one it of gives the, me the option to switch off arms which so I don't get the shoulder pain I get with a pack yeah. And then, but the main thing is that I, we do, we you have drink run more. out of water. You do but drink more. You drink you a drink lot more with a handheld. And when you're drinking more, that's part of gut training. It helps with your hydration. It really is a good reminder to keep drinking the entire time. So you don't get to a point where you are thirsty. Yeah. So. So you just have to figure out whether you have the option. So like in the wintertime, it's harder when the water fountains are turned off, but yeah. we will run into a Starbucks or a bike mm-hmm. store where they have McDonald's. A yeah, and um, so if you can find options to re- refill, you know, we love polar bottles. Do loops to where you can come back to your house. I know that that's tough. A lot of people don't like that, but... It's risky. Yeah, you might it, come is. Back out. it is. Um, but it's all right. And then Sunita Lux High-Waisted Rio Shorts. We are big Sunita's fans for the price, but pretty much any, like, kind of bike short style with pockets yeah. are our jam because we love to have our stuff accessible without, you know, a lot of people will wear foot belts. I never liked that feeling of the wide waistband, like the thick wide waistband with all of my stuff. So the side pockets are just crucial. Yeah. They're amazing. If you're wearing a vest, you'll have places to put all yeah. of your, your fuel. But um, yeah, the side pockets are my favorite. The Sunitas are so comfortable. Actually, I'm wearing some Sunitas now, I think, that are just like casual, yeah. like whatever. I wear them non-running too. And Yeah, I wear them a lot like in the, like I wear them under dresses when I, when I get dressed up. I wear them like just around anywhere that I, because it's so nice to have a pocket for your phone like right there on your leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're the greatest. So. And they're so cheap. Yeah, they're so really they're really we, great price point. The other thing about them is they're very size inclusive. They have lots of sizes, yeah. which is nice. We've actually found that we can wear both smalls and mediums. So that's kind of nice too. Yeah. It's nice to be able to wear both sizes and not like have one be too tight and one be too big. So, right, which like is other nice. brands. I was gonna say, we're, and you're like with certain with a lot of running stuff, we like really high end stuff, and so yeah. this is one area where we like the lower end, lower price point, which is really great. Because, I mean, we, otherwise you break the bank on yeah. like, all the Lulu and I know. No, because we're we actually discovered some pocket shorts from Lululemon that it's like oh god this is dangerous. <laughs> There's so much though, but like the quality is so nice. But at yeah. the same time, if you can get something cheaper, I would say know. for running like the Lux, I love the fabric of the Sunitas because yeah. when it gets wet, it's especially the Lux fabric. The it's bathing suit material. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's when it gets wet, it doesn't move, it doesn't chafe, it it feels good the whole time. Like it's really fantastic and I am a sweaty sweater so same and we're not sponsored by any of these brands yeah, by the these way. are all just things that we, <laughs> we love just love these and brands. and 
They go perfectly under our very favorite brand, Sparkle Athletic. Yes. <laughs> and I would say that that is, that's probably <laughs> the brand that like, we sponsor Sparkle Athletic, actually. Yeah, we sparkle, we sponsor Sparkle because oh we gosh. just love them so much so and it's skirts. so much fun. And we just got three new skirts and we're so excited to wear them. So excited. We it's got the cute so summer fun. ones, the flowers, the yeah. coffee. Oh my gosh, I'm so it's excited. It's going to be so fun. We should wear one uh, when we run yeah. the rest of this week. Yes, so. definitely. Yeah, so that is some of our gear. Um, oh, and if you're asking hot weather... Okay, there was. It's been all over Instagram. People have been taking videos of temperatures between black and white and everything. And dark colored, like dark colors, light colored hats, things like that. If you're gonna wear a hat, get a white hat. Um, Get a running hat. I love Boko gear. I am a Boko ambassador. Their lightweight running hats are great. They look like the old school painters' hats. Like they don't look like they're not cute super cutesy, but they're very functional and get a white hat. Darker colors, you will overheat and then keep your hat wet. If you are going to wear a hat in the summer to protect your face, keep it wet. So you're going to need to make sure you have enough water to be able to wet your hat because once it's dry too, it's going to trap heat in. So wet, wet, wet. (laughs) Um, If you're not going to wear a hat, you've got to be careful about the sun. Um, you know, I am a zinc sunscreen super fan. Mm-hmm. I love zinc sunscreen, but when you put zinc sunscreen on, you will overheat because it yeah. does cause it, it is a barrier on your skin. Yeah. So you need to make the decision between sun versus the endocrine disruptors and non-zinc sunscreen. Like what is your, so if you're running at 6am, you can probably get away without sunscreen. If you're running at 10am, you need to have something to protect your skin. So I mean, we could, I could do a whole episode on sunscreen and endocrine disruptors and everything like that, but I won't bore you with it. (laughs) But basically make that decision or put the zinc on if you're going to go and just keep it real slow and real easy, knowing that you're going to get hotter than you might otherwise. So, and, and maybe find, you know, shady route like we did yesterday. Yeah, we found a great shady route yesterday. Big difference in the heat of the day. Huge difference. And then visors work well too. I find like yesterday, even with the visor, on because I had also put sunscreen on. I was overheating, so I took it off. But visors are great because you can like get your hair wet. They they do shade a little bit of your face. Um, again, love the sparkle visors. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they are head sweats visors. But um, but yeah, um, Boko Gear makes great hats. Uh, we'll probably do a custom one at some point, because, like a trucker hat, like more for cutesiness. But they are technical, so. All right, so, so should we, um, do we have time to do a listener yeah, question or two? It looks like we have yeah, a couple, like fifteen minutes. Some listener question from a few weeks ago because we hadn't yeah, recorded in so long, and we bookmarked these and didn't record. So, do you want to start with? Um, oh yeah, Karen. Oh, Karen says thanks. Thanks for talking about pots. She has it, and until she increased sodium and calories, she was having major issues. So it's encouraging to see an athlete thriving with the same condition. Oh, I'm so glad that you are feeling better, increasing your sodium and increasing your calories. Sodium makes a big difference. Let me tell you. Yeah. If. I will even sometimes be like, I'm not feeling good. I don't have any, because having celiac, I don't always have, and ADHD, it's a horrible combination. <laughs> I don't always have food available, yeah. some, but I have salt sticks with me. So sometimes I will take, or we have Gatorade at work. I will just chug some Gatorade. I'll feel a little bit better. And then it allows me to have the skills to go and find food. Because right. 
Like oh, that is literally depleted. That is yeah. literally an issue that I have. I can't eat everything. Right. You're limited. So, and, and then, then my then ADHD gives me decision paralysis. Same. And it's like, what do I do? I and have no idea. Eat. And that's really yeah. dangerous, obviously. I mean, it's like, it's literally a, I, I mean, even before celiac disease uh, being diagnosed, I think ADHD is literally like a precursor, if you don't treat it, to eating disorders. Because yeah. even if it's less about control, it's like half control. And then the other half is like, I just don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. It's ADHD paralysis. It is. I found that like for me, the solution is to really find and make like really easy things around. Have them available um, yeah. that you can just grab and... <laughs> That's why I have nature's bakery bars cookies. everywhere. Well, like it's literally like some days I'm yeah. like, why have I had four packs of cookies? For me, it's like the, um, I mean, this is more at home than when I'm out and about, obviously, but like um, morning star, like chicken nuggets. Yeah. And I know they have a lot of gluten, so you can't eat yeah. them. But like something that's so easy because I can just like, I can microwave them and they yeah. have, they have protein and they yeah. have some carbs. <laughs> I, I used to keep a lot of frozen chicken nuggets in the freezer, but then, um, Brian is not really a frozen food guy. He's very much a whole foods guy and he which cooks, is awesome. which is amazing, but we never have leftovers. So, <laughs> so like that's, that's really hard. That's it's, where it's yeah, hard, I but we always have amazing easy. fresh food. Yeah. So. That's awesome. But then it's, it's not, so it's good. not there and yeah, easy and yeah. Accessible. Also, I don't necessarily eat leftovers, so <laughs> because then I have to make them. I need to be better. I need to, you know, it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle. Yeah. I wish I could be one of those people that like made like pre-portioned meals, then had them in my fridge and like could just open them and heat them and up be and happy eat with them it. and be happy. I'm, but like, no. I'm also like, even if I do that, like I'm gonna want to eat four of them. Like I'm gonna portion them out and I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna eat four right now and have none for later. Like that's just who my like. My leftovers all go to Julian because he's yeah. such a big eater that all the leftovers are portioned out for his lunches and stuff. Yeah. So there are so I have the same problem. There's no leftovers at the house, and so sometimes I'll just throw a pot of pasta on so that we have pasta available. Because again, sometimes I just need the easiest, simplest thing, yeah. and it's it's stupid. But like, I, yeah, otherwise I don't. One of the things I've been having available, which has been really good for me, is gluten-free tortillas and peanut butter and jelly because that is – it's got a little bit of protein. It's got fat. It's got sugar. It's got it carbs, can get me yeah. through. Yeah. So. Um, okay. We'll do one more yeah. listener question. So this one came from Michelle, and I, I sent her a message and kind of answered her a little bit. But she um, was, you know, noticing how we, we have high <laughs> – so low running ratios, we use really short yeah, intervals. Short intervals. And our heart rates stay low, with the exception of maybe yesterday where you were yeah. underfueled and it was hot. And so her question is looking at, you know, do we specifically look at heart rate zone training? Do we or how, you know, and how can she start? Should she be looking at heart rate zone training? How do you keep it in the aerobic zone? And um you know, if she's looking at her heart rate, then that changes her pacing. She ends up having to yeah. slow down from a place of like where she would be 1230 pace down to like 1430. And then her runs feel like they're taking too long. And yeah. so her question is just how does she say where it's, you know, do we, should she worry about heart rate done training and like how? All right. So I'm, I'm really saying this. She gave us what her pace ranges are, but not what her interval, intervals are. So one of yeah. the big, one of the big ways to keep your pace fast and your heart rate low is to have short intervals. Yeah. Short intervals are magical. So she's talking about a 1230 or a 1430. 
what about a 13 minute mile? Like, where is that little bit slower? And she may like, I would say that also are her zones correct? Like making sure that you get your zones, like we are doing our zones based on our lactate threshold. I am pretty sure I have figured out how to do that calculation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to double check with David, but I did it for Sarah and I'm pretty, pretty sure it's right. Pretty confident um, because um, her zone, like her effort is what her zones are. So, um, and I'm pretty sure mine actually might even be higher than 186 because I was hanging out at 183 yesterday and I think had I been fueled, I would have been able to hang out there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you weren't, you were feeling, you could tell. I had also come back from three weeks off. You could tell it was higher, but you weren't. You weren't having a puffing, and there wasn't like, and you weren't at like lactate where you couldn't talk either. So right. you obviously were, yeah. So there's there's definitely so it's definitely starting with maybe so, looking at what your zones are and making yeah, sure they're like, right. So let so um, Michelle, if you are if you want to email me, we can or email um, rungallowaygirls at gmail or send us a message on Facebook. We can kind of work through make sure making sure that your zones are right. And then we can also help you specifically with your intervals. My suggestion would probably be shorten your intervals, run faster. Do not worry about what your heart rate goes up to during the run segment. Mm-hmm. Look at what it's coming down to when you're not running. Does it recover? Does it recover? Does it recover during the walks? So, all right. So let's say your zones are correct in Garmin. And during your runs, you're going into the center of your green. But during your walks, you're coming down to the center of your blue or or into your blue. That average is going to be at the high of your blue, which is your zone two, right? So do not stress if it's going up and down because that is something it is going to do in interval running. Now, if you are solidly in your blue for the first two miles, and then you're going up to your green and you're not recovering and you're staying in your green after about 20 minutes, that's called heart rate drift. And that is actually a sign that you're either pushing too hard or you are under fueling. So those are other things that can bring your heart rate down. We have noticed in particular during long runs that if our heart rates start to go up, we eat some food, we take some salt, salt and yeah. heart rate comes right back down. And we tried it with both food and salt independently, and it brought it down both times. So right. food should be the first thing you try, yes. and salt should be the addition. Um, do not go out there and go, well, I don't want to fuel, so I'm only going to take salt no, to bring my heart rate down. <laughs> food first. Um, and remember, 30-minute runs should be fueled. Why? Because you are going to live after them. Okay. You go home and lay on the couch the rest of the day. You're not going to go home and not do anything. So you fuel for your day. Your body needs fuel all the time, not just when it's running. So you need to fuel enough to get. Does it mean you need to eat gels during your 30 minute run? Not necessarily. If you haven't had any, let's say you woke up. You haven't you haven't really had breakfast because it's first thing in the morning and you're going out for a 30 minute run before you come back, shower, eat breakfast, go to work. You need some fuel. Yeah, eat then you take your like, honey stinger with Take you. some honey stingers, eat them during the run. Pro- probably a whole pack during a 30 minute run. I know that sounds like a lot, but you've got to get your metabolism, you've got to fuel the fire, right? Because you're not going to come in the house and immediately eat. You're probably going to make some coffee and take a shower and, you know, do all these things. Protein right after. Let's say you're running after work. You had lunch at 2, 
because I eat late lunch. I don't know why I'm saying two, but you had lunch <laughs> and now it's 4.30 and you're going to go for a run. You need to fuel, even if it's 30 minutes, or you need to have a snack before you go out for yeah. that run. You don't necessarily need to fuel during, but you do need to eat right before. You do need to eat after um, because 30 minute runs are runs and your body needs fuel and your body needs fuel on rest days too. <laughs> so that's the, that's kind of the long and short of it. I can't tell you how many how many runners tell me, well, I only run for, I don't use fuel because I run for less than an hour. I'm like, but, wait, but that doesn't, what? yeah, I know. <laughs> what? I know. So, yeah, so the, so yeah, when, you know, looking at her question and, and is it important yeah. first? I mean, I'm gonna say it I, is. It is important. And, and I like, would say it's important depending on your goals. If yes. your goal is to just go out and run and you're not doing races and you're not really interested in getting faster and you're just participating, run in your gray zone all you want. As long as you are not getting injured, you don't have any running injuries, you don't have any running goals, you're just out there for joyful movement, I would say don't worry about your heart rate. Like and, and gray zone, not gray HR zone, but gray zone is that middle, that kind of that. It's it's basically right around race pace. It's in the. It's, it's like it's high green, low orange. If you're it's looking like it feels it feels comfortably hard. Yes, that is your gray zone. You're that not is, supposed to hang out there if you have goals, though. That's the big right. difference. If you, you have real goals, then that's the wrong place to be. Yeah, if you have goals, you do in order to get faster. You have to slow down. And a great account to follow, although they will try to sell you fast fall, is Track Club Babe. She talks a lot about how she had a running breakthrough when she slowed her easy runs down to the 10, 11, 12 minute pace and sped up during her the 20% of her fast runs, and that's how she became a 311 marathoner. And so I would say the same thing. Like, I mean, and we've talked about this a lot. Like, people used to ask me all the time, how in the world are you running marathons the that pace fast. that you're running when all of your training runs are in the 11-minute miles? And I'm like, they're not all in the 11-minute miles. My weekends are. But, like, I trained with people who were much slower than I was until I started training with Naomi, who – is faster at all the short distances. And I like, but, <laughs> I like remember that. I'm like, yesterday, you're like, your heart rate's low, you're doing just fine. I'm like, it's fine because if this was a three hour run, I would be, <laughs> I, I am suffering right now, but in two hours, I would still feel like this and Naomi would have to walk. It's yeah. fine. Like, it's I literally say that to myself. I'm like, it's okay. It's very She's true. just, she's got a low heart rate now, but if it were three hours from now, we'd be. <laughs> Yeah. It's a different story. We trade places. But and I also want to say like 11s, 12s, 13s, 14s. There is no pace. Yeah. There is no shame in any slow paces in those slow numbers that you see. That yeah. is not like, miles a mile. Yeah. And time I feel like, is time. I feel like a lot of people have that hang up and you know, they're like, well, I'm trying to get faster. My current PR in half is a 215, and all my slow pace runs, like according to these charts, I should be running a 14-minute pace or a 13-minute pace. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And great. I tell them, I'm like, my PR is a 141, and my and I run in the 11s and 12s. Yeah. So if you think that you know a 13, 14 sounds slow, and you're a 215 half marathoner, it is not slow. Right. You, you could slow down even further. And so I feel like a lot of people need to break away from thinking that pace. Yeah, pace matters. Pace. Yeah. It, and if and, and if it is really bothering you to see those paces, get off Strava. As yeah, much as we love Strava, care. get off Strava. Stop posting your paces. Yep. Just post. I went out for a 35-minute run. I feel great. Yeah. I went out for a three-mile run. I feel great. Like, 
Don't talk about the speeds that you're running. Talk about percent improvement. I like instead of talking about your times, like calculate percent improvement. I ran a 5K and I had a 3% improvement. That's amazing. Like, yeah. right? Because nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares <laughs> if you are a 32 minute 5K or or a 30-minute 5K-er. Or a 22-minute 5K. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like, that's the thing. Nobody is going, well, I'm faster than there. Now, I am a jerk. And so sometimes... No, you're competitive. (laughs) I'm a a competitive jerk. And sometimes (laughs) when we we finish races and people will, like, boast, well, I ran the whole time and didn't walk. I'm like, want to race? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like, because it's like... I know that there are still people out there that kind of look down at me on walking and I'm like, but I'm faster than you. So maybe I figured something out. (laughs) Yeah. And the hack to heart rate zones is the walking. It's walk breaks. For me, it was, I was always running gray zone. My pace, my heart rate would be 150, 155, 160 was my running. You have training runs that would crush your, at the time that would have crushed your PRs. Like you yeah. really do. Like from way back in the day, you had training runs yeah. and then you get there on race day and it wasn't there. Right. And it's like, what oh, the 100%. hell? I had that. Yeah. And because I was running in the 155s or whatever my heart rate was in. And now we run and our easy runs, my heart rate's at 130. Yeah. And it's the walk breaks. That's the yeah. only, that's the only difference. Well, and that's another thing. If you're, okay. So if you're out there on a run and your heart rate is really creeping up, Take an extra two minutes of walking and see what happens. There are times where two minutes even will not bring that heart rate down. And then you have to make a decision. Okay, I'm out here right now. My heart rate's not coming down no matter what I do. It doesn't feel bad. I have two other easy runs under my belt. Today, I'm just going to let it be what it is. Like, you can make that decision. It's it's less about the one run that you're doing today and more about what does the overall picture look like. So don't stress the, just like don't stress skipping the one run Mm -hmm. or adjusting. This is another adjustment. There were times during the pandemic that I was running by myself and I would end up running and it would be, it would be hot because randomly it was really hot in April during the pandemic. And I would go out and be like, you know what? My heart rate's going to be up anyway, but I just feel like running fast and I have no goals, right? Like actually we didn't know what was happening with marathons and I was signed up for London and all, and all these that were pushed off to the fall. And so I was like, well, I'll just let today be a high heart rate run yeah. and I'll just kind of let my body run the paces it wanted to run. And so I would run these progression runs with my heart rate a little higher. But then the next day I would adjust with a slower run or with a rest day or something. So so there's a lot of adjustment. It's just if you're hanging out in the gray zone all the time, you cannot expect a recovery and you do have to watch out for in- injuries. If you are really, really, I mean, if you're like, ah, uh, I don't feel bad. Like this doesn't feel hard. You're not experiencing any injuries. You're, you know, you feel conversational. Maybe your zones are wrong. Like that yeah. could be a big thing. If I went by Garmin's predict- oh, yeah. regular zones, like, are you kidding me? My heart, be, my heart right. rate's so high. It would be but like, if, if I tried to run in Naomi's zones, we wouldn't be able, we'd be walking. Right. Cause to keep your heart that low. But yeah, yeah if you're, you know, if you're plateauing, then that's what that's what we're talking about. Something so if you're in gray zone at. all the time and you're plateauing. Injuries, with races, plateaus, yep. Yeah. 
Because injuries do happen running in the gray zone. That's something else yeah. to, to be be kind of aware of because when you're running in that gray zone, not only heart rate wise, muscularly, you are not creating adaptation. So you are not getting stronger. And in fact, when you do the same things over and over and over, your body becomes more efficient at it and more efficient using less muscles. So you can actually get weaker at running Yeah, by running the same thing yep. all the time. That's so those you, overuse injuries. Yep. So you got to vary. Yeah, you've got to vary yeah. what you're doing. Um, vary what you're doing. Add walking. Add you know new joyful movement. Yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to try new things too. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually was pretty terrified. I ta- I know I talked about it last week. I was pretty terrified running on the trails because I was like, what if I get seriously injured? Aww. Because last year I did sprain my ankle yeah. on the grass in front of my house. Yeah. And it set you back for a while. So yeah. Like I it rolled is- it and then I did a cartwheel that and landed <laughs> landed just weird on my ankle. And that was that was it for like See, months. It wasn't a running injury. It was a cartwheeling injury. <laughs> well, the running running like had loosened I like know, the sprain rolling it. And your yeah, yeah and your Ehlers <laughs> yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So but I and usually I bounce back so fast. But I was like out literally for three months with that. I know. It was crazy. Usually the doctor's like six weeks in a boot and then six weeks of rehab. And I'm like, ah, yeah, right. I'll be out of this thing in two weeks. Nope. I was literally yeah. couldn't couldn't put weight on it. Yeah. It hurt so bad. Like it it would like flip my stomach. It Ugh, felt uh, so unstable. It was. It just felt so unstable. Like that was the thing. I would step and I would like feel like I was going to fall down. Yeah. So when um, Lisa was talking about that with her knee, yeah, I was like, I get that because I was seriously considering doing surgery. Yeah. Um, because it, it felt that unstable. I'm now. I don't think it's less unstable now. I think I'm just used to it, which is maybe a good you've strengthened thing. around it. Right. Right. So that's probably so. a good place to stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, one last thing I want to say oh, yeah. is if, you know, we have a lot of new reviews over at Apple. And thank you guys Yay, so much for you. the reviews. And if if you have the time, please go like, share, subscribe. And if you can write a review, that would be awesome because it helps people find us. And I know we've had a little, we've had a few t- a few weeks off, so we haven't. And technical haven't been difficulties. Able to find us, yeah. But please, uh, yeah, help uh, spread yeah. it if you like what you're hearing. Even and if you're you. not an Apple an Apple podcast person, yeah. um, you can still log in on a website. Um, even if you you're not an iPhone person, please. Um, subscribe rate and subscribe us on on specifically on apple podcasts and spotify those are like the two main players where people can find us so that's really really helpful um and and everywhere actually everywhere that you can that would be amazing like us out loud yeah um, do you have do you, do we want to read sure any of let's read it okay. real quick and that way um yeah so Let's go back to uh, Relatable Runners, a fun podcast with knowledgeable runners who are embracing where they are in their life journeys. They take a smart, realistic approach while setting goals and seeking out positive experiences. I love seeing two women train together and share their journeys. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. That's from Runner9451. Okay. (laughs) And then this one is, I've been using the Galloway method for the past year or so, returning to running in my 40s and needing to ease into it. I've loved the benefits of training this way and expect that I always will run and race using Galloway. Same, girl. Um, I found (laughs) that at most local races, almost no one else is using it, which feels a little isolating. I've really enjoyed having this show to inspire me. It's like having a couple of running friends sharing the highs and lows of racing and training and incorporating 
incorporating walking right along with me. Aww. Hey, so on that line, would you guys like, and please let us know, would you like some Run With Us podcast episodes? Yeah, like a, like a, you know, a run episode where you can, we can just You can come run 1530s come run with us. With we'll us talk us about what we're doing. With yes. our beeps out loud. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Let's because I think that we can do it on a phone. Yeah. We yeah. can totally record on the phone. I, yeah. I, we can't promise great sound quality, but... We'll give we'll, it a shot. Yeah. Um, should we? Okay, we'll yes. the next one. Um, Aunt D says, love the Run Galloway Girls podcast. I discovered the Run Galloway Girls podcast after seeing them running in the Galloway Half Marathon this past March. Yay! And <laughs> next March, hopefully, we'll be there. Oh, and I won't be pregnant. Well, I mean, oh. I might be pregnant, but I won't be due that do weekend. That week. So maybe you'll be there. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, you're too pregnant to travel, but... no. You're not too pregnant at eight months. The, okay. the most pregnant I could be would be eight months so pregnant. you'll be on the sidelines so, cheering it. Worst case scenario. I'll be, I'll be running a half marathon at eight <laughs> months pregnant. Thank you. I'll be running sub two at the Jeff Galloway half go. marathon at eight months pregnant. <laughs> so she said, I've, I've enjoyed listening to them so much. I also truly appreciate their dedication to the sport and sharing their experiences and stories with us. Yay. So genuine, knowledgeable, and kind-hearted. And I look forward to listening to them while doing my Run, Walk, Run, Runs. Discovered Run, Walk, Run, Almost eight years ago. Wow. Yay. And haven't looked back. It's changed my life. Keep up the great job, Liz Naomi. Thank you. Thank Aww. you. Um, run, walk, run really You're is awesome. life-changing. It it's, is. And you'll never go back. It's really incredible. <laughs> you know, and even so, even with me running straight running um on the trail for the most part, like this past weekend. I still kept my beeps on so that I had that yeah. chance to walk. But I mean, I was also descending over a mile and downhill. Half. So like, of course, yeah. you might run straight down a hill. That's yeah, different it's than, fun. Yeah, and I might if there's like a mile long hill. Might walk I will the walk the whole darn hill. Exactly. I will. I will like straight up. Oh, I'm not yeah. even saying like I might. I love to walk up hills and run down them. It's yes. my favorite. Um, and and it works. And so many times. We will walk up an entire hill and be like, that must have added five minutes. And no, it had like, like 10 40 seconds. seconds. Not even. Sometimes yeah. it's ridiculously like it didn't change our mile yeah. at all. And yeah. I'm always shocked when that happens. Yeah. And and that's actually a great strategy for the Jeff Galloway race is literally yes. to course-based it. Because there's some great flat sections that you just run your intervals. Mm-hmm. But then there are some pretty killer uphills. Yep. That talk about like heart rate control. If you're running up a hill, like let's say the difference between running up a hill at an 11-minute pace and walking up it at a 13-minute pace can be 20 beats in your heart rate. So why not it's just not walk worth, it? It's because not worth it. coming yeah, down, you walking. can fly. Yeah. You can, yeah You'll so. drop the time in the down. So yeah. one last review and then we'll, then oh, we'll yeah, get to sorry. it. Um, do you want to read or try to read? Oh, no, uh, you can read David. It. So another one who met us at the race. So great Yay. advice and conversation. This has quickly become one of my favorite running podcasts. I learned about the Run Galloway Girls through my friend Nate at Jeff. Hey, Nate. At Jeff's Half Marathon in March and wish I found them sooner so I could have said hi then. The, the episodes feel like you're part of a conversation with friends. And the advice, highlights, struggles, and everything in between help share the whole running experience. Aww. Even as a guy, there are tons of takeaways and you get insights into how men and women may face different challenges or hurdles. Aww. I love the advocacy for Run Walk Run and hope to meet Liz and Naomi at a race sometime soon. Thanks, That's David. That's so sweet, David. Thank you. That's um, awesome. I, I often forget that male runners might get something from right. our information. Because I know what we're, ta- we're talking about our experiences. We don't share your yeah. experiences, men. I'm sorry. We share our female experiences. Yeah, right. But, but 
But you know what? I will say it, and this will be the first time on this podcast, we do talk about like female hormone training and like make sure that you have a period and all of that. Men, if you're not waking up with a boner because of your training, (laughs) there's a problem. So um, go listen to David and Megan. They talk a lot about boners on swap. Yeah. (laughs) So that morning wood is an important indicator of testosterone levels. Yeah. And testosterone levels are what men see the biggest drop in when they over when When they're they're overtraining or when they have red ass. Yeah. So So. for females it might be your period and for men it's that uh morning wood. Might also be none of those things. Red ass can present in a lot of different ways. And we are finding more and more that low energy availability is more, it's more of a problem than we might all think that it is because so many things can be kind of written off as like, this is just normal for me when Mm -hmm. adding just a slight bit more, just a little bit more fuel to the fire can drastically improve your not just your running but your life. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like eat enough du- always. It's not like double your calories. It's like go take another hundred calories after yeah. that run versus what you're t- currently taking. Exactly. Eat some cookies before you yeah. run. Like can change everything. Eating, drinking a protein shake as part of a meal can change everything. These can be really small little things that won't necessarily affect your weight even, but can drastically improve your energy. It might affect your weight, but it might be that your body needs to weigh more. It might need to, yeah. (laughs) Put some, you know, whole fatty um, milk or milk substitute in your coffee, not just the black coffee. Like it's just... Yeah, just Little eat it up things. always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, fatty stuff in your milk tastes so good. Like, oh I'm a huge fan of nut it, pods. A little bit of like that nut pods with a little bit of sweetness to it. Yeah, well, nut pods has no sugar but No, I mean, no, I mean natural sugars. Yeah. Like, because I don't either. Mine, I use like soy milk that's got, but yeah. it's like the natural sugar. It's just like how milk has lactose. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's actual sugars. So the nut the nut pods, right? I I actually don't know. I, don't, I think it's coconut and almond, so I don't yeah. know how much carbohydrate is actually in it. But but there's fat. Um, there's, there's definitely fat yeah. in it, and it tastes so good. But I was actually I used to add actual sugar to my coffee, but I'm so as part of my fertility journey, I'm looking at my glycemic load. Uh-huh. So not necessarily cutting anything, not necessarily changing the number of carbs. But changing the load of the carbohydrate on my blood sugar. And which, like the times per day and stuff like that. So Which is so dumb and I hate it. But <laughs> it's basically, okay, if I'm going to eat a potato, making sure that it has some fat to balance it, yeah. which I do anyway, but just being mindful of it. Which is funny, like on that note, it's really funny. If you look at a glycemic index of an apple, it looks like a horrible thing to eat, but a glycemic load of an apple is actually really low. So, right. So it's all about how will this affect your blood sugar? And surprisingly, our Nature's Bakery cookies are mi- <laughs> like, like they're not low, but they're not high glycemic oh, load. They're kind cool. of like in the middle. That's why so they, they don't crash you. Like they're not like right, a cookie cookie. They're, they're they blood sugar. They keep your blood sugar stable. And yeah. that's another reason why they're such a good... We need to get sponsored by Nature's I know. Bakery. We really <laughs> we do. We love them so much. <laughs> we really do. And and the gluten-free ones taste amazing. Yeah. Like, I really love them. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing no, out. No, so. you're not. I'm just missing out because they don't make apple cinnamon yet. I know. It's my favorite flavor. <laughs> well, with that, we are going to say goodbye. And thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully we will see you again with a bonus episode this week. Yeah. All right. Bye. bye.